What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. And you walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you to be. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from relationship advice to prayer, spirituality, evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, dogma, whatever. I'm going to spend time with your questions, pray with them, reflect on them, talk to other people about them, and then hopefully get back to you with an answer that is helpful for you to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue. However, disclaimer, I'm not perfect. Therefore, my advice that I give to you might not help you to grow in holiness. If that's the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that is not good for you. However, if my advice is good for you, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer so that he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship and become the saint that you're called to be. Uh, You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. That helps other people find out about the gift of the show. If it's helpful for you, potentially, it can be helpful for them as well. And finally, 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 um, hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques from today's show and any show in our history um, at AskFatherJosh at AssistionPress.com so that we can continue to accompany each other um, toward heaven. On today's show... We are going to talk about um, my favorite topic, natural family planning. Again, this is one of my most common topics. I I guess a lot of priests don't talk about this, and so uh, I I do. Uh, Again, I'm blessed to have someone work on my team here at Holy Rosary full-time who um, is a Creighton Fertility Care Specialist, and I have a lot of friends who also practice um, the Billings Method and Symptothermal Method and all the other awesome methods out there. Um, And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about suicide, uh, which is a topic that is very close to my heart, and we're going to talk about communion and one's inability to receive Holy Communion um, because of one's own illnesses and sicknesses and allergies and things that can stop somebody from being able to receive those accidents of the bread and the wine. Uh, But before we get into those awesome topics, I want to share with you a glory story. Today's glory story, um, man, I don't know, there's just so many. I've been so blessed this, this past week to hang out with so many beautiful, amazing, awesome people. I got to spend time with my buddy Kevin McCall, um, who is just a prophet. He's just a, a beautiful soul, a man, a radical disciple of Jesus, who is a missionary disciple, and he allows the Spirit of God to just completely work through him. He's a convert to our faith, um, and, and he prayed with a lot of my parishioners this week, and and just hearing the glory stories from them, how, how they were able to have breakthroughs. And within five minutes of just praying with this, this young man, it was such a gift to hear. I was also able to accompany Avera Maria Santos. She's a speaker, uh, and uh, she is an upcoming author as well. And so we were able to share hearts this week as she did a silent retreat here at the Full of Grace Cafe at Holy Rosary. And then also I was able to spend time with Dr. Dr. Christina Cleveland, um, who is a, a social psychologist and a... Just a woman, gosh, who is probably one of the, 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 the best speakers on the topic of racial justice and reconciliation. And so her and I were able to have coffee with each other recently. And, uh, and it was just beautiful to sit at her feet and, and listen to her wisdom um, as she shared with me her insights um, and her own journey and her walk toward eternity. And so it's been a great gift for me this week to just meet with other necessary, very necessary members of the body of Christ who are all extremely different from each other 
who all think different from one another, um, who all come from different backgrounds, um, but who are all necessary gifts who, who are helping me, helping me to grow in a deeper intimacy with Christ in my own walk. So that's my glory story. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the follow-up feedback um, from previous episodes. first follow-up comes in from a listener whose name is now Forgiven Mother with Great Hope. She was formerly known as the Morning Mother, but now she's Forgiven Mother with Great Hope. She writes this, Dear Father Josh, I wanted to share an update from my question you answered almost a year ago. 19 years ago, I had an abortion at a time in my life where I was dealing with some traumatic and difficult circumstances, including the death of a child and an abusive marriage. For years, I've carried my secret as a heavy burden on my soul. Feeling unworthy of God's love, I felt as though I deserved all the hardship and abuse I was experiencing in my life because of what I had done. I refused to accept God's forgiveness despite going to confession, and I couldn't even begin to forgive myself as well. In your response to me, I found hope for healing and your gentle and caring advice. I listened to all you share with me, but especially your suggestion to consider a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. I'm so grateful that you made this recommendation. Attending the retreat in June of this year, I experienced forgiveness and peace in a way that I had not been able to find on my own. I'll admit, it took a leap of faith to make the call and follow through with the retreat. I also had to overcome some resistance along the way, but God made sure I had all I needed to make this retreat happen. The pain that once filled my heart has been replaced with the bond of love that I now feel with my child, who no doubt is enfolded in God's love in heaven. I'm truly amazed by all the healing that has come about, and I'm so thankful for all the beautiful people I met through my Rachel's Vineyard retreat, including the compassionate leaders, seven other brave and amazing women attending the retreat, and one gentle, kind, and holy priest who was with us the whole time surrounding us in God's mercy. Truly, the weekend for me is best described as being in a cocoon of God's love and mercy. I want you to know how much I appreciate the response and suggestion you gave me that has led to this new place of hope for myself. I pray that other women who are suffering with the pain and feelings of shame for having had an abortion will find their way to Rachel's Vineyard, to a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. Forgiveness and hope awaits them too. God's mercy is abundant and his love for us is absolute. I'm praying for you, Father Josh. God bless you and your ministry, formerly mourning mother, but now forgiven mother with great hope. Praise Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is a, this is a beautiful, um, a beautiful disciple of, of the Father, a, da- a daughter of the Father, a necessary member of the body of Christ, a sister in Christ who, who wrote in, like she said, almost over a year ago, and who, who followed up with another um, response to my, my first response to her just about um, where she was in that season in her life. And so to, to be able to see where God has taken you and the healing and the love and the mercy he's allowed you to experience in a year just pierces my heart. Praise be Jesus Christ. And my sister, I want you to know that with God, there's so much more. So yeah, I know you've experienced God's love and mercy, but when I tell you that there's even more for him to give to you and for you to receive, just wait, just wait with God. There is always more with God. There's always more. So that is our follow-up feedback from a previous episode. Let's get into today's questions. First question comes in from Alone. Alone writes about suicide. 
Hello, Father Josh. I found you very relatable and your openness to difficult questions very refreshing in the past. So I hope maybe you can help me now. My 22-year-old husband committed suicide recently without warning or explanation. I'm pregnant with our first child and just beside myself with this event. I knew he had problems as a child with depression after his mother passed when he was seven and that he attempted suicide before. But ever since I met him, he seems happy, so I thought he worked through it. I can normally accept death and God's will, but under these circumstances, it doesn't feel like God's will. On top of having so many mixed emotions, anger because he left me alone with our unborn child, traumatized from finding him, guilt that I had could have done something to stop him or that I did something to cause this, I feel so much fear. I fear that he will never be at peace because he took his own life, and our religion condemns that. Is there any hope for him? I know God's mercy is beyond what humans can comprehend, but I also know suicide is very wrong, and I just want my husband to be okay and, and make it to heaven. I want him to feel peace since he clearly had no peace on earth. What does the church advise? Can I do anything as his wife to help him now that he's gone? Thank you so much for taking the time to read this. And until you respond, I find myself with nothing more to do but pray alone. God bless you. Oh, my, my sister, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I cannot imagine what you are going through right now. Um, I cannot imagine. I, I just can't. Um, my heart is breaking right now for you and with you. And so, um, yeah, this, this is a topic that's very close to my heart. You know, my, my brother-in-law committed suicide in 2007, and um, it was just painful. It was, uh, it, was, it was my first year of seminary, and it was graduation day for the, for the seniors in philosophy, and, and I was going to be an altar server for that graduation mass and I got the phone call that my, my sister's husband um, committed suicide. And I just remember being shocked. Um, my, 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 my brother-in-law, he was a holy man. He was a, a good man. And uh, he was also a man who had, had mental illness. You know, he, he struggled with um, being bipolar. And, and when he was on his medication, he, he was really, really doing well. And when he got off his medi medication, um, that's whenever he committed suicide. And so certainly committing suicide was a, it's a grave thing to do, right? Um, it's, it's always a grave thing to take anyone's life, to take someone else's life, your own life. Um, and it's not only a personal sin, but it's a social sin because it, it affects the entire body. And not only does it affect the entire body of Christ, but it also affects God, right? It's an offense against God. And so it's certainly a grave thing to do. However, um, the church does not condemn people who've committed suicide to hell just because taking someone's life even our own life is grave matter. In order to, to send ourselves to hell, we must have what's called mortal sin. Mortal sin on our soul is not only grave matter, but it also must include, along with grave matter, full knowledge and the freedom. And when I look at like my brother-in-law's case, he certainly wasn't free because of his mental illness. And I think the church in her wisdom has, has never condemned any person who's committed suicide to hell because we cannot judge someone's soul and we cannot judge someone's mental state of being at the time where their life was taken from them. Um, we don't know what they were thinking at the moment of death. And so the church in her 2000 year history has never condemned a single person to hell. We've never said a single person by name is in hell. We believe in hell. We believe it exists, but we have never in our entire history ever said, we know for sure this person is, is in hell. Um, and so uh, we, we don't do that, right? We would not do that. Um, we, we, we really do take into account the psychological disturbances. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2282, it says this, grave psychological disturbances, anguish, or grave fear of hardship, suffering, or torture can diminish the responsibility 
of the one committing suicide. That's church teaching right there. Um, so salvation is possible for your husband. Salvation is possible not only for your husband, but for, but for my brother-in-law. Salvation is not only possible for you, my, my, my brother-in-law and your husband, but it's, it's possible for, for many people who have committed suicide. Um, and so I, I really want to caution you against despairing for, for your loved one. Uh, I know the temptation is there, um, but God's mercy abounds. And like you said, his mercy is bigger than us. One scripture passage that I felt drawn to as I was praying for you was, was of Joseph. Because Joseph encountered God through an angel in his sleep. Like no one saw the angel talking to, to Joseph. It was in his sleep. And so God can communicate to us um, beyond what people see. God can communicate to us even up to the moment of our death. Um, and he can invite us um, to, to turn back to him. And whether people see it or not, we can do that, um, whether we are, are conscious or not conscious, right? Like whether we are awake or asleep. If, if Joseph had a relationship with God in his dreams while he was sleeping, then I think we too can have a relationship with God um, even whenever um, we are fading away, if, if you want to use that, that, that expression. Um, God's mercy is abundant, and he's always going to give us every opportunity to, to come to him and to receive his love and to receive his mercy. And so um, I would encourage you to not despair, but to to pray. Pray for the person who's taken their own lives. That's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2283 encourages us to do. Um, we can offer up reparation. We can repent um, for them and with them in prayer as members of the body of Christ. And, and we can offer masses for them, pray divine mercy chaplets, and pray other prayers um, for, their, for, their, for their sanctification, for their walk toward, toward heaven. Um, so again, I, I just want to encourage you to, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus so that you can hear him speak mercy to you for your husband um, and, and speak blessings over you and your unborn child. Um, if there's any listeners right now who are, are struggling right now with, with thinking about suicide, I really want to encourage you to reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. There's a phone number I'm going to give you right now. It's 1-800-273-TALK. On this 8255, 1-800-273-8255. Um, you can also visit um, a website called www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, and this could um, be a gift for you and or for someone else who you may be accompanying in this season of their life. But my sister in Christ who feels alone right now, you're not alone. You are not alone. Um, there are so many people who are with you, including me right now. I'm with you in prayer. I'm with you in the Eucharist. And so every time you go to the Blessed Sacrament, um, I will be there praying for you in spirit. Um, as are so many saints who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity, who have also accompanied loved ones um, who have experienced um, suicide. So, uh, yeah, God, God bless you. God bless you, and I, I pray you have hope. Please hit me up with more questions um, comments and so that we can just continue the conversation. We keep the conversation going and we can continue to accompany each other in our walk toward eternity um, where we have a, a, a certain hope that that's where your beloved is, is in eternity with, with the Father and his mercy. Um, so God bless you again, sister. God, God bless you so much. All right, next question comes in from, from Aaron. Aaron, that's how my daddy spells his name. Uh, shout out to my daddy, Aaron. Aaron writes about allergic to the Eucharist and the precious blood. Um, Father Josh, God bless you and your vocation. Thank you, Aaron. I received that blessing. You are amazing. I love your podcast and your YouTube videos. Uh, God, again, God bless you. I'm, I'm grateful that God has allowed me to, um, to minister to people through the podcast, through radio, through YouTube, through, through books, um, and most importantly, in the sacraments. Right? That's, what most, um, that's the most grateful gift I have right now is the fact that God allows me, this imperfect, broken priest, to, 
to administer salvation in people's souls to the sacraments. Oh, I'm so grateful. Anyways, back to you, Aaron. My question is interesting. My 10-year-old child has not been baptized. Um, now my wife is Christian. I'm Catholic. That's not the problem. My son is hyper allergic to everything. Food kills him. He has EOE, CVID, type 1 diabetic. He is G-tube fed. He eats ice, sugar, grape, Kool-Aid, and candy. If and when my child is convicted to become Catholic, receiving communion can't happen. He can't take the blood. He can't take the body. So my son is allergic to rice, wheat, beef, fish, turkey, all grains, fruit too. <sighs> Thank you for your work. I continue to pray for you, and I know you're praying for all of us, Aaron. So, yeah, so Aaron, that's a, uh, uh, I think the question is what, what, do you, what do you do in your son's situation? I think that's what you're, you're trying to communicate to me. Um, and so certainly we want to get your son baptized, right? Baptism is a great gift. Baptism in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, St. Peter writes, In the old days you were saved through the ark during the flood, so now baptism saves you. So we definitely want to get your son baptized first and foremost. Jesus Christ told his disciples, go out, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So being that you are Catholic, your wife is Christian, she believes in the same God you do, the same Jesus. Jesus said, go out and baptize. When the apostles went out to people's homes, they baptized entire families. Jesus said, do not keep the kids from coming to me. And so um, I, I think um, I really want to encourage you to bring your child into the church to receive the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, being that he's 10 years old. Um, and so what about Holy Communion? So clearly that might not be a possibility for him to receive communion, which is a bummer in a sense, because you might be like, man, you know, in John 6, Jesus Christ says, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have eternal life. Don't forget, he says the same thing about baptism. Baptism saves. Christ saves us through baptism according to the word of God. So um, just like there is baptism by desire and baptism by desire is a legit form of baptism. So there's baptism by water. There's baptism by blood. It's for martyrs, um, people who die for Jesus um, before they could be baptized in water. I mean, there's also baptism by desire. Baptism by desire is for people who plan on getting baptized at the Easter vigil or they plan on going to get baptized that day and they might die before um, hand. So baptism by desire would apply to those souls. So I want to, um, I want to communicate that I believe that there is communion by desire for your son. So say he gets baptized, brought to the body of Christ, um, receives those graces, becomes a beloved son of God, the father, a necessary member of the body of Christ who has charisma that he can share with us throughout his walk and our walk toward eternity, receives the confirmation, the gifts of the spirit. Um, and, and then he wants to, to receive communion, but can't receive the physical, he can't receive the accidents of communion. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the real, true, substantial presence of Jesus Christ. He cannot receive the accidents, which is the bread and the wine, uh, right? Those, those physical, um, things, um, because of, his, because of all the things he has going on with him, then I would say, I would propose that he could have what's called communion by desire. Just as there's baptism by desire, like every Sunday when he goes to Mass to worship God, um, he can have communion by desire, which is where he would have a spiritual communion. And because he cannot receive the, the physical accidents of the bread and the wine, which is a, you know, truly substantially the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, um, then, then, then I believe that God would communicate grace to him in a way outside of the norm, in a way outside of what we are used to um, in, in the physical accidents of, of the bread and of the, the, the wine and water mingled together. Um, communion by desire is what I'm proposing that, that, that he could experience. It's like a spiritual communion. Now, this does not apply to people who, are, who, are, who have walked away from God in mortal sin and not repented, right? We can't go in mortal sin and say, okay, well, I'm not going to receive communion today because I'm going to have a communion by desire and a spiritual communion. Now, like, that's, that's called repentance, right? Uh, but, but for him, being that he, it seems like he won't be able to receive um, 
any of the accidents, um, I, I, I would propose that God would give him grace through communion by desire. But I also would really encourage you and your wife to, to have a, a serious conversation about baptizing him and getting him confirmed um, because those gifts are, are, are so awesome. There's so many graces, so many graces for him to receive and for him to share with us once he receives them from God. So, uh, yeah, encourage y'all to, to take him to your parish priest um, and and. Get that boy sacramentalized um, for his sanctification and for the sanctification of your entire family. So let me know if I answered your question um, sufficiently um, at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about natural family planning. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. All right, and we're back. Uh, so uh, don't forget, you guys can hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com with your own questions, comments, critiques. You can share us on your social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, the Gram, and you can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats so other people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for them as well. And also don't forget, you can hit me up with your voice notes as well, your voice recordings. I can play them on future shows uh, so other people can be edified by your actual voice and not just your written words. Last question comes in from Josie. 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 I remember that. There's a cartoon, Josie and the Pussycats, uh, back in the day on Cartoon Network, I think, when I was a kid that used to be on TV. Josie writes this. Hey, Father Josh, I just started listening to you like a week ago, and I must say, really amazing work. Thumbs up. Much love from Malawi. Am I saying that right? Malawi, please correct me. I'm, I'm terrible with pronunciations, but I pray I did. By the way, your laugh is funny. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that, Josie, because a lot of my parishioners, people like Lucy Kaysen, they be hating on me. They be saying my, my laugh. Actually, not only them, when I went to Cafe Catholica and I was hanging out with a lot of the young adults, like Stacey Allen and her crew, they were, they were making fun of my laugh too. So, yeah, I'm coming for y'all. But anyways, Josie, thank you for appreciating my laugh. It's my real legit laugh. That's how I laugh. Um, and your songs are catchy. Well, praise God. Anyway, I've listened uh, to a couple of episodes about NFP, and I think I agree to, to much of what you say. I, I do have a question, though. I'm a doctor, and I've learned of heart conditions that put the mother at like up to 50% risk of dying because of the pregnancy worsens the situation. As a result, women are encouraged to not get pregnant to begin with so that this risk is removed. So I wonder that in that case for a Catholic, is it permissible to use permanent method of contraception, i.e. tubal ligation or vasectomy, since the woman's health is at a huge risk? 
Should the couple still trust NFP to actually work well enough to avoid achieving a pregnancy that will potentially put the lady's life in jeopardy? Also, what of the women who have re- irregular cycles, like really irregular cycles, which form of NFP works for them? And I know that there is some saint woman who gave up her life for children and she preferred to die. But what if the woman doesn't want to die? Like that saint, is she less godly for loving her life so much more? Yeah, no, like great, great question, Josie. So first things first, um, Creighton is probably, I'm going to say probably, I mean, again, I'm not a practitioner myself. I thought about getting trained in that, but um, that's too much time. And uh, it might be awkward for me as a priest to, to be talking to couples about that. But yeah, no, so Creighton is, is a really, really great model of national family planning. The Catholic Church, if you're asking me about the teachings of the church, the church does not um, support any form of vasectomy or tubal ligation or a permanent contraception. But the good thing about Creighton so, and I, look, I support Billings. I support, I think Billings is great. I support the Simple Thermal Method. I support all forms of NFP. They're all beautiful. It's like the body of Christ. There's different members of the body, and different members are going to communicate the grace of God to different people in different ways. And some people are going to be drawn to Billings, and some people are going to be drawn to the Rhythm Method, and some people are going to be drawn to Simple Thermal Method, and some are going to be drawn to Creighton and Napro Technology. And it's all good, all part of the same body of Christ, right? Each are gifts. And so you got to find what works for you. When it comes to women with irregular cycles, from the people that I work with close in proximity with the most, they always suggest Creighton, that Creighton's the best thing to do. Um, because what, the gift of Creighton is that there are different reasons why a woman's cycle is irregular, and Creighton fertility care practitioners can accompany a woman in discerning and discovering why. Um, it, it could be fixed. Irregular cycles can be fixed sometimes through treatments, and sometimes it might be caused by, by stress. Um, and, and so when you walk in it, with someone who's a Creighton fertility care specialist, they're able to identify why the woman's cycle is irregular, deal with that, and then they're able to accompany the woman um, in achieving um, or not achieving pregnancy and avoiding pregnancy or in becoming pregnant. Um, as you know, there's only certain days, certain days in the month that a woman can actually get pregnant. It's very scientific. And so, um, and so that's, that's why NFP is, is, a, is a great gift to the church, a great gift to the woman's body. It's not putting bad chemicals into her body that can be damaging, that can be cancerous. Um, and it's also not shutting God out of the picture of her sexual um, uh, embrace between the marriage embrace between the, the woman and the man, right? It's, it's keeping God in the picture. It's keeping the man in the picture. It's keeping her in the picture. And it's trusting the Lord that he will provide what is best. Yeah, St. Gianna definitely did die for her baby, but I think that was a different situation, right? She um, was in a much different situation um, than... Um, than women who just have irregular cycles. And so, yeah, so if you do have heart conditions and stuff like that, then I think that one of the best forms of, of NFP, if you are going to be sexually active, that you could practice would be Creighton um, for the sake of it being so scientific. Um, but that's just, again, look, my opinion. You can disagree with me. I'm cool with that. I'm just sharing with you what I think. So, yeah, Josie, that's, that's what I think. And you can ask St. Gianna for her, interse- her intercession. Again, she's a saint. She gets it. She walked this road before us. She walks it with us. So let's ask her for her prayers as we continue to try to be saints in our walk toward eternity. All right, so that is today's show. And uh, let's just go ahead and, and close in a prayer together. Um, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you for every member of the body of Christ. Every member of the body of Christ who is so different who thinks different, who speaks different, who acts different, but who all belongs to your body. I thank you for the ways in which the body of Christ, the members of the body of Christ have aided me, have helped me to become more intentional in my discipleship, intentional in my relationship with you, the ways that they have inspired me and motivated me and challenged me by the way that they think, speak, and act and inspired me to to, to not settle for mediocrity. 
I ask that you allow me, God, to be the necessary member of the body of Christ, the limited that you are calling me to be so that I too can be a bridge for other people to come into a relationship with you um, in this life and remain in relationship with you in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. We ask this prayer, Heavenly Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. All right, y'all, that's the show for today. Let's stay in touch with each other. Hit me up with your own questions, comments, critiques at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com, and I will see you next week. (laughs) 